0: You're listening to your NBA podcast with Larry O'Brien. Kay, you coming out hot today. You coming out hot. <laughs> Talk to me, brother. What's got
1: you all hot and bothered? Is it that time of month again? <laughs> yeah, well, what did I say? I think it was pretty common measured.
0: You said the refs, they gotta go. You gotta protect KD. D'Lo, love him. Them. Love them. Love them. <laughs> Special. Before our podcast, we uh, in our conversation, you said, first of all, that D-Lo is, what is it, magical? Do you say magical?
1: I think I said, uh, I think the word I used was intoxicating.
0: Intoxicating? You said you were intoxicated. Investing nuggets right now. You said so. you were intoxicated. I've never been intoxicated by another man.
1: <laughs> you haven't lived then. D-Lo, among others, clearly does this for you. Dilos, is I mean, D-Lo's a very uh seductive man. He he got Devin Booker out on his boat, wearing his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Devin Booker, you know, is is he's a successful and you know sexy man, right? You didn't you call him, Didn't you say Devin Booker is an attractive person?
0: When I said Devin Booker is a handsome looking dude,
1: yeah.
0: I think you were surprised.
1: So haven't uh, gotten that wrong. I was surprised because like it came out of nowhere. I think we're just like talking about. I don't know, we're talking about like how the the rockets were going were were beating the the thunder or something and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, Devin Booker's an attractive man. I'm like, wait, what? Where does this come from? Why well, all of a sudden <laughs> why
0: it came to popped in my mind is because I saw some photos of Devin Booker. This is before like the Suns mega runs.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is YMCA Devin Booker.
0: I like I barely knew who Devin Booker was, right? I paid no attention to the Suns.
1: Very low on Devin Booker.
0: And I saw some photos of him, and I was like, "Is this guy wearing like mascara? What's he fucking looks like a raccoon?" That came across like sounding really condescending and insulting in my mind. I said that because I thought, "Whoa, this guy's like super attractive. Like, Jesus Christ, this guy's like a fucking looks like a rock star with makeup." And then you were caught off guard, so I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Am I am I wrong in this? Am I the only one?"
1: Every time you say this, I've to, I've to Google search him because I'm not like. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I think like even now I'm thinking like he's not. He's not like traditionally handsome. Like I wouldn't like I wouldn't stop my tracks and like oh this dude is, this dude is attractive. I wouldn't Like I've thought about that. I've thought about that about other athletes, like Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> right? Ronaldo, right? Like Ronaldo is like classically handsome dude. Like everyone. I don't know. Knows I don't find him. I don't find him handsome. But you know what I mean? Like that's a more common belief.
0: Uh, no, he looks like Eurotrash.
1: Among, amongst men and women, that people like.
0: Yeah, if you like Eurotrash. <laughs> I like my, my men more, uh, more sophisticated, okay? Let's just say that.
1: Devin Booker is like a child. I'm not into that Eurotrash. Is Devin Booker still dating Kendall Jenner, by the way? I don't think so, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, we have to check. I mean, he's, he's obviously a good-looking person, like, he's tall and... Can you contact Blake, find out? Black, maybe. I don't know. I assume he's black.
0: Well, he's very light-skinned, so he could pass as a white person. I think he's mixed. He's very light-skinned. But he's
1: got... well, he's... yeah, I think he's mixed, yeah.
0: But he's got massive, thick eyelash and, like, the... What what do you call it? The eyelash that's underneath your eye?
1: What?
0: I think I might have sent you some of the photos. And you thought I was, like, insulting him or something.
1: You kept, you kept sending them to me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Fine, he's, he's good looking. I get it. Stop, stop sending me this shit. I've got a whole photo of them on my desktop. <laughs> Is Devin Booker attractive?
0: I'm keeping a file on him. Look, I was very attracted to Devin Booker. Let me just say this. I and mean, this was before he became like, mm. like a really good player in my mind. And
1: not basketball. Yeah, not in terms of basketball skill set, which I saw. Which I saw as attractive. I liked his basketball play.
0: Right. No, I'm not about that. I'm more about the physique sexually
1: yeah. i was attracted not to this and game but sexually if you were attracted to men you would you would be aligned to Devin booker so that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's my
0: right
1: take away. that's right okay good to know it sounds like you're coming in hot for Devin booker
0: now you've got me all hot okay we gotta backtrack a little bit we gotta backtrack
1: oh well, fine so yeah you were also t- well, my dealer like dealers playing well i think this is still up against the nuggets right now breaking news uh, the beating of the the Nuggets and then I was talking about last night's game between um, or the previous game between the Nets and the Bucks and the terrible officiating and the, the, the just the absurd uh, I don't know the absurd coaching decisions by Steve Nash again once again which I have always texted you about saying like what's what's with this dude Nash Nash has got to go and then like the subreddit too the subreddit is very very concerned about Nash's coaching. Um, abilities um they don't have it and like the silver lining is in a series in a seven game series best out of, best out of four sorry first of four games um i think nash and his coaching staff can do an okay job to get the best out of the team with K- katie and Kyrie. you it's probably going to be okay and that's why the champion that's why they considered championship contenders because in a seven game series you kind of hope and expect that KD the best player in any given series to kind of work the way through losses and wins to get them to four wins but in a single game eliminations type of game like every team is different every coach is going to bring their own schemes and stuff to stop KD. Steve Nash isn't smart enough to out coach other coaches and out coach other teams play and in that single game when suddenly like things aren't going the right way for the nets and a Trey Young, for example, even like Kate Cunningham in the previous game gets hot in the fourth quarter. That could spell doom for the Nets, and uh, like that's why people are saying like, you know, playing games are tough. Like I don't want to vest the Raptors because they're long and defensive. I don't want to vest the Hawks because uh. Trey Young thrives in pressure situations. Uh, the Hornets, I-, I thought they were gimmies, but I guess not because Lamelo Ball can go for forty in any given game as well. He's become a legit offensive player. Didn't they beat the Nets too? Um, and they beat the Nets recently um, by a lot. Um, so it's just like you can't. There's no givens in in playing games, and you would assume the Nets would get the 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 benefit of the doubt. But you can't you, you can't assume anything. Like the Nets aren't a sure thing, and they're definitely going to play in tournament. But it's just a matter of they have to play two, or they can they just have to play one, and then you know win it and in it the the seventh seed or eighth seed or sorry they'll be the seventh seed hopefully they don't drop below the eighth seed they have to they have to play two two games um, to get into to the playoffs but uh, that's where I'm at and that's why I get annoyed when they lose these tough games like overtime game against the Bucks one point difference giving free throws at the end of the game just basically handing the game to the Bucks uh, by awarding uh, you know a foul call with seconds to go. Just because there was like a, you know, a small touch on their hand. It, it, like, it's just crazy. Like, refs shouldn't be able to influence games to that degree. Yeah, anyway, that's why I'm annoyed. Thanks for making me rehash this. Okay, <sighs> let's recall that experience again. Go. No. <laughs> again, I didn't get that. <laughs> let's start recording. For real.
0: What happened last game? Let's go through that again. I want hear it for a third time.
1: <laughs> oh, Kane. For
0: our listeners, I need to share some of our private text. After the game, you sent me a text. You said, my heart is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went dark.
1: You didn't respond to me. In my time of need, you just went dark. I did not know where you were. I know, like, went out to get like your fifth massage of the day. Some Hello, trip. No one is available to take your call. <laughs> I went like nine... Nine texts unanswered. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the message? I'm very disappointed. with the phone. What did I say? I not remember what I said.
0: Okay, professional, professional.
1: It's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like a replay of yesterday when I was texting you and you just reading the messages and not replying, just laughing at me.
0: Sorry, I found it so hilarious because I didn't get your text until much, much later, right? Texting all this stuff like my heart is broken. I can understand that. But then you're like giving me like these replays of what, what just happened. But I have no like context. I haven't seen the games. And, the, and you're like, I'm very disappointed with that last call. I was like, what last call? Like after the first quarter or the game? Look, and I won't share any more of these private texts because uh, <laughs> let's just make sure we keep our, your dignity and still intact.
1: I guess uh, I, I guess I will say that, um, well, Jan, Jan has played really well. He, he passed Kareem Abdul Jabbar um, for the most points in franchise history for the the Bucs that is. Uh, And he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on a three as well um, which is obviously not his game but he's just rounding out into a very decent shooter and elite Hall of Fame defender, elite Hall of Fame rebounder, elite Hall of Famer, dunker, posterizer, getting to the basket at will. He's just he's probably the best player in the NBA right now and this is a guy that has already won two MVPs and he's in his prime. Like he's squarely in his prime right now and he's already won two MVPs. So it's scary times ahead. Um it's like I hope Chris Milton and Drew Holiday drop off a cliff, but these guys are tough defensive players that can shoot and shoot three Drew Holiday hit a big time three as well. They're champs right now. Uh, during that game in the closing minutes. These are champs. Drew Holiday's not scared. Giannis is definitely not scared. He he hit a three at the end of regulation to force overtime. The Bucs were down by 10. The Nets had a 10-point lead and Nash couldn't get anything, get any solid play for us to get, like, even two points. Um, so, I mean, I have to... Like, the, the Nets were cheated out of that game, to be honest, but, like, I, it's not Giannis' fault. Like, Giannis did everything he could to to push them towards a victory and it just makes me think, like, it's crazy. Like, we were talking... About, I, I was talking last week, like, MB should win MVP because I look at the talent level of Embiid compared to Jokic. Um, and this, the Sixers could become the first seed. I'm like, okay, well, is getting jobbed a little bit because I, I just don't believe Jokic is a proper two-time MVP. When really we should be discussing is Giannis. Should Giannis win his third MVP? Because Giannis mm, is better than both of them. Interesting, interesting. Okay, I did not expect that turn. He just doesn't get the fanfare. He doesn't get the same love because the Bucks are champions and... He's a two-time MVP, and it's like let's pass the love around. But it really, if I think about it, who do I want in a one like if I want in a, let's not even call it one game, just like in a single in a single series, would I prefer Jokic and or Giannis? I, I, I gotta say Giannis. Giannis does everything. He shoots free throws. He's a pretty good shooter now, and he's his defensive skills is is way better than Jokic and Embiid. Not like It's not comparable. Offensively, they're probably all about the same, but defensively, Giannis is miles better than those two because he can defend all five positions. He's not scared to defend the perimeter, and he can play center.
0: Giannis hasn't been in the MVP conversation for a while now, yeah, and now that you been, bring
1: this up. Yeah. He has been overshadowed by Steph early in the season, and then late in the season, it was a two 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 man race between Embiid and Jokic, and it was like... You know, give or take, like it's pretty subjective. Like you like Jokic more, I like Embiid's play more. I agree with you. The stats go in Jokic's favor for every single for every single stat. It goes in Jokic's favor, but just with my eyes, I'm I'm just I'm just seeing Giannis as the most uh, impactful, uh, disruptive player uh, on both ends of the court, and that to me should be the MVP. But he won't get it. I, I think it's. For some reason, the narrative on him is out. It's, Jokic, it's probably Jokic's award to lose, as we said last week.
0: This is very interesting. See, I'm wondering if you're just prisoner of the moment. Obviously, Giannis has had a really great week.
1: Two games, two great games. A block on Embiid as well for, that, for the win there.
0: But I'm wondering now with you know 10 games left, if Giannis continues this and even perhaps gets the scoring title... Is this actually going to sway people? Because I feel like he, he's tapered off a little. And I don't think adding James Harden has kind of, is is soured that narrative for the Sixers a little bit. And to the fact that they've been losing in some of these high leverage games.
1: Yeah, statement wins. Yeah, yeah. A statement wins. National games, yeah. So
0: I feel like, He's gone on downhill. Steph, of course, is injured. Jokic is great, but Jokic is in Denver, and we just don't really. Um, you look at stats and should be MVP, but he doesn't have sort of the star power as a Giannis. Giannis, I feel like people have been reluctant because he's won it twice. Twice. And but at yeah. some point, it becomes undeniable, especially he gives like a really strong performance in the last week or two.
1: I think like the Bucks have just been like, they're all like in play-in mode early in the season um, as opposed to the Sixers. The Sixers were like first seed for like a while in the in the East and the Bucs have never really been the number one seed in the East so that's why they've been forgotten. I mean, it's also worth noting that even though the East is much stronger, this, the Nuggets have 46 wins and the Miami Heat who are f- currently first have 49 wins. So, you know, like and Endeavor Nuggets are sixth while the, the Heat are first. So it's like... Do we judge them based on the standing in the in their respective conference, or do we do we judge them based on total amount of wins? Because uh, I, I don't know that's that's interest that's that's interesting to me. Like I, I don't really know where I stand. Like you could look at six versus first, or you could look at forty six versus forty nine, which isn't like that far off. Um, but the other reason why these all these eastern teams are like 49, 48, 46, 45 is because they're having diverse, more Eastern Conference teams, and the Eastern Conference is tougher. So that's probably a big reason why they have less wins as well.
0: The MVP um, voting, the rules are ambiguous. The criteria that you use is subjective to the individual. Mm. You know, it could be they put more weight in winning records, where it could mm. be the importance to a team, etc., etc., etc. But I think... I take your point that Giannis is making a very strong case and I think we might have to just revisit. And I'm just, When I say we, I'm saying I think the voting population might just have to rethink um, the narrative for this season and actually award him the third one, which would obviously be a great story as well.
1: Uh, it, it just, I just kind of like show to think that Jason Tatum is going to make a first team of the NBA. Like he's played well in the last two months, but he wasn't playing well at all the first two months. So... It's also this case of uh, do we have to reshape the narrative? Uh, do we do we put too much weight to on like late season surges, or do we put too much? Do we almost like discount late season surges just because it's like it's late season? They didn't play well in the beginning. Like, isn't that what's important? Like you figuring out your shit early in the season and then mm. working and then putting that all into practice and execution in the late game. Isn't that like isn't that what it's all about? So. I'm like kind of in two minds about, it. like, I, I think Jason Tame doesn't deserve to be first team all NBA because, like, DeRozan's been playing super well and you can look at Luka and, uh, you know, Steph and stuff, they all, you know, and uh, Ja, they all deserve to be there. Um, like, LeBron maybe deserves to be there as well, just based on his stats. Um, but Jason Tame's been the best player for, like, the last two, mo- like, you know, with Giannis, the best two players in the NBA last one and a half months. So, like, does he get a... He, like, he at, at worst, he'll be second team or NBA. But, you know what I mean? Like, do we put more emphasis on late, the, the late season just because he's been playing so well for an extended period of time now? And that, that could be the same case with MVP because Jokic and Embiid have been consistent throughout the entire season. But Giannis was sort of, you know, off the championship, just taking it easy for the first couple of months. And now he's, like, ramping up. He's, like, building up to getting into playoff shape. Which is probably the most important thing, and should we reward that because he's been the best player for the last month and make huge statement wins against the Nets and the Sixers, or do we think like, oh, the early season wasn't as strong as late season, so he doesn't deserve the award? Like it's a regular season award um, for the entire like for the entire regular season. It, you know, what I mean, it's like two minds about it. Like- so my mind is that you discount. The first
0: half of the season, up until the All Star Game,
1: we well, said off. You famously said after ten games, that's all you need to see. <laughs> that's. I take it back. I take it back. I put the most emphasis in the first ten games. <laughs> yeah. Those ten games matter exactly. the most. I forgot what team was it? was it. Something about the Suns. Like the Suns were like nine and one for the first ten games. Like that's it. I've seen enough. The Suns are going to I was, playoffs. I was
0: early on my call. I was early on my call. Look. You're early. You're a bit early, yeah. The, the first player to score in their regular season should get MVP. Whoever scores first, the first basket <laughs> wins. Uh,
1: I think uh, X Moon scored. <laughs> X Xavier Moon. Yeah. The Clippers. Uh,
0: look. Uh, I might have said some controversial things. <laughs> Where's that, Jason? Oh, Jesus Christ. I... That's... Uh... I just like channeled Jason Kidd for, for a second there without even knowing it. You know that sound clip? I've got that sound clip. I'm gonna insert into this podcast. He said, there might've been some controversial things. <laughs> <laughs> Why
1: well, in regards to...
0: No, I think I grabbed it off of the um, introduction press conference when he was uh, head coach of the Nets. So um, it's reference to the time that he had in Brooklyn Course, didn't end very well but
1: um there might have been a couple uh controversial things that came out we won't
0: get into that those are old wounds for you okay Kane mm. um you've got that, those things locked up in a, in a in a safe somewhere
1: this is business it's yeah. business okay
0: playoff pictures in the east um we're not let's not comment too much on it I feel like every game is changing it's shuffling between like the top seed second seed you know three four um I see that the Sixers are dropping even though they seem to be still trying to win. Yeah. Um, the James Harden experiment is turning out, as you predicted, a bit of a disaster. But yeah. let's not get too much into it because I feel like let's see how he does in the playoffs,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon um, Do you reckon James Harden will get the extension this offseason? He must. He has to. Yeah, I think so too. Does he deserve it though? No, of course he doesn't deserve it. He's like a mid-level player. Um, mm. accept, mid
0: level except mid level mid exception mid level exception player at this point. Oh,
1: I mean it's it's crazy. He's gonna get paid so much money and age thirty seven and right now, age thirty-two, he's not like you said, he's not playing like the top twenty player anymore. He's playing like thirty-seven? I'm talking about thirty-two right now, today. I'm I talking know, about two weeks ago. He's getting paid sixty million he will be paid sixty million dollars when he's thirty seven. The reason why this deal is so bad is because they have
0: to, they have to sign James Harden to that max extension in the offseason. Yeah. So unless they win, unless you think they they win the chip this year, then they've basically signed away their future. And guess what? James Harden, I don't think he's gonna get better with age. He's getting worse, he's clearly getting worse. He has he's already gotten worse. Mm -hmm. He's, it's not about getting worse he's gotten worse he's already worse than last season and there's no improvement other than that first week when he got traded and they're playing against scrub teams
1: mm. look the, the, honestly the Sixers are like damned if you damned if you don't we don't believe or we believe James Harden has lost a step so it's like you give him the max and suffer for the next five seasons with this huge albatross of a contract where you're paying him 60 million dollars when he's like probably out of the league already? Or do you not give him the contract, lose all your goodwill around the league, and never recover from the possible talent that you had with Ben Simmons? Like, the possibility of... Even, like, in a perfect scenario that Ben Simmons came around to play, you know, a year later, like, next season, you, you've lost all, you've lost Ben Simmons as a prospect. You've lost now James Harden, like, that, that player that was supposed to be the second-best player on your team. That you will never recover that. You don't have draft picks, obviously, because you gave those all away. There's no who you have no cap space because you're locked up with all your I don't know maybe they do have cap space to sign a player I'm not really sure about that but it's hard to sign someone of of James Harden's caliber he's not worth a max extension but even if you were to use your remaining cap space to sign a player like a James Harden type there's no one on the market that's going to fit that you know what I mean.
0: Let's not forget, they also have Tobias Harris on that roster and he's on a max contract as well.
1: I think he's got two seasons left there, so tradable, tradable, in a, in a sense. He's not that bad, he's not tradable. He's, he's okay enough, he's not good enough to, he's good enough to be traded, I think, though.
0: Well, what are you gonna get back from? You're gonna, have, you're getting nothing back from him.
1: No, you get nothing, but you get his contract. I'm saying he's good enough for where someone would take his expiring contract, is what I'm saying. This is
0: why they keep OKC like, around. I, I swear to God, this is exactly why the the league office it's like it's like some sort of a, a escape valve for the league, where teams that get themselves in a pickle like just send their albatross contracts to OKC.
1: So OKC like, is not a real tainted buyout candidate. Well, also Detroit Pistons are like basically a farming farming team for the Nets, so the Nets can sign like vet, vet, vets. Minimum vets. Their only purpose is to ensure that the better teams
0: are able to still function after they make, you know, dire mistakes, essentially.
1: Is, wait, how about the Pelicans? Oh, I feel like Pelicans and Lakers, like, intrinsically link. Which one's the farming team for which? I don't even know anymore. I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to respond <laughs> yeah. to that. You, you're not going to hurt I me like the... today. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're not going to okay. hurt me today.
1: Try to drag you down. I mean, oh, we're talking about... Okay, like, I mean, might, might as well. Positive we're
0: visualization.
1: Talk- <laughs> we're, like, talking about Ben Simmons. So this is breaking news. Uh, ben Simmons is ramping up. He's, uh, he's, he's actually doing some light court activities uh, in the hopes that he can ramp up to play in the playoffs, which is, I think, less than two weeks away at this point. Um, so it's, it is possible. I would say that he returns at some point in the first round it's it's possible it is actually ramping up because we we've, we've seen players like actually ramping up from light core activity like like you know gym work to one on one to three on three to five on five like it, it happens like very quickly like once they're healthy like it goes from you know doing nothing rehabbing to playing 5 on 5 It happens in like a few days so 11 days plus you know a few days off plus the playing games plus the maybe the first week of the playoffs which would probably still be in the first round very possible that Ben Simmons returns. Um, this is all theoretical, of course. We actually have no idea. Like, this is just a report from Shams. So I, I trust Shams, but we literally have no idea like, if Ben Simmons plays at all this, this season.
0: I'm neutral on Shams. I don't expect him to play.
1: Oh, you think he's out this season?
0: I think he might be out this season. I think... If they get to the conference finals, or the finals, we might see a Ben Simmons. But first round, I don't think so. I first don't think round so. is
1: basically a, a conference finals game, though. You know, first round is Nets versus you know six. Uh, no, no, Nets versus Bucks or Nets versus Heat kind of thing. Like it's going to be like a conference finals type of vibe.
0: Yeah, but I, I think you're putting a little bit too much. Uh, that's that's like a six variables too much for Steve Nash. I mean, he's barely figuring out how to, when to call timeout right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's gotten better, though. i got, I got to say, he's gotten better at calling timeouts.
0: Good job, Steve. Because I don't think you can just plug in Ben Simmons and it's like, okay, done. Mm. I mean, it's hard to say. On, on the other hand, Ben Simmons, if you just focus on defense, maybe you can just plug him in, right? Because you don't really need to incorporate him in any sort of offense, and he's not a player that requires you to incorporate. Him. I mean, he's
1: a big man. Like he, if at worst, his his six fouls, right?
0: This guy's just coming out from injury, and you're like asking him to like commit fouls on Joel and beat.
1: Throw, his, throw body. his body on like. OB. Go throw, his, throw your body at Joel. Take a charge against Joel. Take a charge. Joel's like throwing elbows, targeting like temples
0: let james harden roll over you go ahead then <laughs> you got your back brace ready
1: here comes james <laughs> it's like second nature though like defense is effort but knowing how to defend like knowing where to position yourself having that 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 like maybe he's not as athletic because he's coming off like a year and a half of not playing but having that uh, awareness on court and having his long limbs is always going to be a benefit like just putting your hands over someone shooting is going to disrupt someone. Giannis does that daily, like nightly. He just puts his arms up and it really affects the shot.
0: Can we not compare Ben Simmons, who hasn't played basketball in like two years, to Giannis?
1: I'm just saying like, well, you know, like you look at the way Giannis glides to the basket. That's the way Ben Simmons used to glide to the basket. Just easy, one-man fast break offense. (laughs) Kicks it out? Good job, Yeah, kicks it out. To to his fellow Australian, Paddy Mills, who then elbows it because he's been playing terribly.
0: <laughs> now I've got some insight on Ben Simmons, and this is not gonna please you. While you're paying attention to what his on-court activities, I've been gathering some intel on his off-court, off-court activities over the past 12 months, and I'm a little bit disappointed, okay? There's been reports that rather than be in the gym and shooting 500 free throws every day, so that he can come back as the eighty percent, seventy five percent free throw shooter. I've got reports that Ben Simmons been just traveling, very little basketball activities, traveling the world, going to London, Paris, New York, L.A. Maybe not Paris, but I think he's been traveling to Europe. Fair enough, he's injured. I'm not saying that he he can just jet around if he wants to. Obviously, he can. It might be a, it might have been a short trip, but really not the type of story that I want to read about. I kind of wanted to read about Ben Simmons slowly working through the mental issues, but at least physically being top shape. At least mentally being able to get familiar, get really comfortable with free throws. Was it too much to ask Ben Simmons to take 500 free throws every day for the last nine months straight? Every day, no rest, every day, but 500. 500 is a lot, 500 is a lot. 200, 200 free throws. 200 is a lot. I used to take a hundred free throws. Why? A day. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Cause I had no girlfriend. (laughs) I had no woman in my life, Kane. No, 200 free throws is not a lot. You can, I can, uh, seriously. I I used to take a hundred free throws just like playing basketball.
1: And you could do that like in an hour. Ben Simmons is like probably busy or something. He doesn't have time to. Busy with what? Like you said, he's like flying to Paris and London. What like, I'm saying, he shouldn't be. He's got things to do.
0: This is not the off season. This is, this is during, I'm talking about the regular season. The regular season when he's, he's still wanting his $20 million paycheck. I'm saying. Mm. Pr-
1: hundred free throws is too much, I reckon. Maybe.
0: No, no, no. I don't know if you're joking. You're not, you're, I think you're joking here. Because a hundred free throws is definitely not a lot. A hundred free throws, you can definitely do like, I don't know, within an hour.
1: Well, yeah, for a normal person. But Ben, how how long will it take Ben Simmons to make a hundred free th- free throws? Well, it's even better for him because
0: for a normal person, if I miss a free throw, I'm going to get chase after my ball. Ben Simmons has like someone under the net where has one of those like uh, free throw little like little tracks that once you hit the it goes in the net, it just comes back to you, right?
1: Maybe his wrist gets tired, you know, after like fifty free throws. So he has, like okay, I don't know. This is Ben Simmons on your team. Let's get serious. I'm talking about Ben Simmons on your team. This is
0: I want the Nets to win a chip. I don't know what you you want the Nets. I, I know you're still living in 2017 when Kenny Atkinson's coaching like Delo there. <laughs> I'm talking about Ben what Simmons a glorious today. Time. This this is what I'm talking about. This is why it makes me a little bit nervous about Ben Simmons. It's because he's he's obviously not someone that loves basketball. He's obviously someone that can be away from basketball for half a year, a year at a time, and feel perfectly fine because he's got other hobbies, activities. Are we talking about, I'm not now, I'm not comparing Ben Simmons to Andrew Bynum, you know, supremely talented, yet not really a basketball fan. It alarms me that Ben Simmons couldn't take 200 free throws or 500 free throws a day for six months straight. And don't tell me that that wouldn't improve his free throw percentage. He shot 36, 32% from the free throw line last playoffs, last season in the playoffs. That's a problem. That's, that's a problem. They're going to fucking hack a Ben. You could have taken six months and just shot 200 free throws a day for 20 million and while getting paid $20 million. Was, was that too much to ask? What is the benefit of doing that? What's the benefit of taking 200 free throws? I think over a course of Six months. That's got to be what? I don't know the number. That's like 20,000 free throws or something. You couldn't tell me that someone, anyone that takes 200, 20,000 free throws couldn't improve their free throw percentage. Okay. You take someone that's never played basketball before, put him 15 feet away from the line and make him take 20,000 free throws and he's going to be a decent free throw shooter. What do you think about that?
1: All right. Okay. Thank you for your lecture on free throws.
0: (laughs) Okay. okay, okay, okay. came, him Watch and get hacked. He's okay. busy. Give him he's a busy a break. man. He's, busy, a busy man.
1: Just fucking- he's got things to do. To your point, like he he's made twenty million dollars without having to shoot me free throw, so you know, maybe that's that's good enough. Like he he's making a lot of money with just doing what he's doing. Very successful, very rich. Let's, do you have 20 million dollars? Let's see you. Let's see you make 20 million dollars. How many free throws? How many free throws? Is there something in the water
0: make? in Australia? This is exactly what Ben Simmons said when people asked him why he can't shoot threes. He's like, "Well, I'm already an all-star without shooting threes. Yeah. Let's... There's must be something with in Australia where, where their top athletes are these like spoiled brats. How about Patty Mills? He's like, he's a very hard one. Patty workout. Mills, professional, professional. I'm talking about. Ozzy Greats, Bernard Tomic, tennis star.
1: White trash? I, I don't think Bernard Tomic's even on the sa- anywhere near the same level as Patty Mills or Ben Simmons in respective sports.
0: I'm talking about Nick Curios. Maybe Kyrgios.
1: Maybe Kyrgios. Maybe would be
0: Nick Kyrgios. example. Serial underachiever. His best performance was like eight years ago, when he got into like quarterfinals in one of the slams. Right, he hasn't like that's his height. Right. Let's talk about basketball. Same attitude as Ben Simmons. This type of attitude of like, I know better. I'm a professional basketball player. The media don't know shit. You can't tell me what to do. I'm already great. Every time someone criticizes, ask Bernard Tomic a question, <laughs> he, asks, he tells people that how rich he is. He tells them that he's making millions of dollars and he's got multiple houses. And what do you have?
1: You're a bit crazy.
0: Okay, I'm a little bit, I got a little bit crazy because I, I was triggered.
1: I get you, I'm trolling you. Of course you're right. Okay. Of course you're right. There's oh, nothing okay. in the water to... in Australia, except <laughs> spiders. COVID. <laughs> yeah, some COVID. Okay. Says the person living in China. <laughs> any, other COVID, any, any other lockdown updates in, in, in your neck of the woods, in your neighborhood? I'm in actually lock, in
0: lockdown. Shanghai, the city is in lockdown. Again, you're in lockdown again? Not just me, like the Sha- Shanghai, uh, the entire city is in lockdown right now.
1: Oh, I forgot you are in Shanghai, oh yeah. So what does that mean? So same same rules as last time? You can't leave your, your building? I can't leave my building and at this point I'm working through my fridge and my pantry
0: because um, this lockdown was just kind of sprung on us. There wasn't any time to actually like, you know, stock up on anything.
1: You have to eat canned abalone instead of fresh.
0: <laughs> fresh abalone. <laughs> <Can> you- <laughs> Salt of the earth.
1: Okay, you have to get the you have to get the you have to get the lobster from you have to buy lobster from the grocer downstairs as opposed to the fish market. It might literally have to come to that because there's
0: no like grocery deliveries right now. There's no deliveries of any sort.
1: How about the the cleaners? Can they still come to your your unit and clean? They still come, um, but it's been reduced. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God, because
0: I I've, seriously I don't know how to change my sheets anymore. <laughs>
1: Do they tuck it in?
0: Yeah. They tuck it in. What do you mean? They tuck me in at night. <laughs> <laughs> they, I call I call room service. Nihao. I go, nihao. I'm ready. I'm ready for a tuck in now. Ready? You
1: just say I'm ready. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. It's nine PM. <laughs> it's time. I need my water before bed. Ah! Uh. I need to be tucked in my warm, warm water.
0: <laughs> warm Oh, uh. this water is a little cold today. I it should be warm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. See? Okay. This is what Ben Simmons needs. He needs humility. He needs to be able to laugh at himself. <laughs> okay, let's not talk this about... This is a very Australian way though. Like, to be honest, like Australians are quite naturally self-deprecating. Um kind of like the British. Like we have similar British humor. I feel like it's a very American thing that like um if you make fun of someone or something, it's like a personal attack. But Australians are kind of similar to British people, where we're much more our humor is much more self-deprecating. But how's that related to Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons has lived in America for so long that he's probably like and he's been he's been subject to such media scrutiny for so long that he's he sees every criticism and every uh, tip on his basketball playing, playing ability as a as a slight as opposed to a hint or helpful advice or just a just an opinion, just a off off the, yeah, just an off the even just a, like a light like just you know hey Ben Simmons why don't you take why don't you shoot five hundred why why don't you take five hundred free throws a day and you'll take that as like a personal tag like well why don't you take five hundred free throws a day and see where you it gets where it gets you. That's the type of like, uh, you know, response that he would take because he's lived in America for so long that it's so divisive, de- divisive there that he, he sees it. it's the climate over there. Everything's an like attack in America. Um, so I'm, I'm saying it's the American way, the American sensibilities are rubbing off Ben Simmons because in Australia, we're much we're not that serious. We're much more chill. So to circle back, all we're saying after
0: the—I can't believe we spent so much time on Ben Simmons. But it's all related in the sense that, you know, we're talking about originally, is he going to be back? And like my takeaway from this conversation we just had is that he's really mentally fragile.
1: Yeah, 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 that's true.
0: And I don't mean mentally fragile I mean he has mental illness necessarily, but just that you can say a little thing and then somehow he takes it as a slight and he's not feeling up to it and he gets, not depressed, but he loses mo- some motivation. He's not like after it. He's not like grinding every day. Like Isaiah Thomas, like Jesus Christ. First of all, I'm no Isaiah Thomas, literal Isaiah Thomas fan. You know, God knows he he's banned me from his Twitter. But one thing I can tell you about Isaiah Thomas, that guy's a grinder. Energy out of ten every day since like twenty nineteen. Still? Oh, you don't know. You don't know I, I don't know. You banned me like a year and a half ago. But like the fact that Isaiah Thomas, he was like, wasn't he playing? Didn't what team is he on? He was he was playing against the Nets, wasn't he? Or uh, he's playing
1: for the Hornets now. He he was fucking lighting up the Nets. No, but yes, he was playing well against the Nets. Yeah, he he, he held his own against the Nets. I would say. Yeah. That's a grinder. This guy has been. He's not out of. He's, he doesn't he doesn't deserve not to be in the NBA, let's put it that way. He deserves to be in the NBA. And this guy's like 5'9, five, 5'8? Five, this dude's like 5'7 on a good day. He like blocks like KD or he blocked Kyrie. He blocked someone on the on the Nets. Alright, calm down. Yeah, yeah, he blocked he blocked Kyrie, yeah.
0: He blocked Kyrie, right? This guy was after it. And all I'm saying is that I'm not expecting everyone to be Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, he has to be exceptional because of his physical he has to be exceptional. abilities, yeah. right? But what I'm just trying to say is, on the other side of the extreme, it's like someone like Ben Simmons. Where imagine how many slights Isaiah Thomas, as like a five foot ten, five foot nine, five foot six player, has gotten in basketball life. <laughs> and mm. if he took a Ben Simmons attitude, this guy would be in a ditch somewhere.
1: I'm not. I'm not condoling. I, no, it's not, it's not. Let's use the most famous example. If Allen no. Iverson was literally two inches taller, he might be the greatest basketball player of all time. You know. Mm. But uh not everyone has Allen Iverson desire energy or you know like like craziness. He was like crazy about basketball. He would just it doesn't matter like how good you are. Your height is always going to imp- affect how you play. And Allen Iverson was able, able to rise above it, but what if Allen Iverson was 6'5, 6'6? Would have been an in, <laughs> insanely 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 better player in my opinion.
0: All right, originally uh I wanted to talk about the Lakers and do a postmortem on the Lakers, but um, let's hold off that for another week because I feel like with two weeks left in the season, LeBron still after the scoring title, ADs now back, uh, maybe they can make a late season push. But I did want to ask you two more things: um, the Oscars. It's been a week. We've had we've had a bit of time to uh, decompress. What's your take on the Oscars?
1: Um. Uh, like who won best picture <laughs> like have I seen what do you, what's it, what do you mean
0: you know what I'm asking will Smith <laughs> thug or slug
1: <laughs> well not slug right that's obviously not one um it was crazy right like it's pretty crazy I, I mean I can only I can only tell you my visceral reaction when ha- when I when I watched it because when you texted me I actually was like in the middle of watching um, like one of, one of the many YouTube videos about the whole uh, the whole event mm. and like is this, is this shocking it's shocking and it's like awkward at the same time everyone just sitting there while Will Smith is yelling at Chris Rock for se- for saying a pretty tame joke and it, it also seemed like Chris Rock didn't know that uh, uh, Will Smith's wife who apparently cheated on Will Smith that she had alopecia. So it wasn't like the, it wasn't even like a joke at her, ex- it was a joke at her expense, but it wasn't like a terrible, hey, you shaved head, you, you look like a fucking monk that, you know, should go away for 10 years because no one wants to see you, something like that. Um, it was just a pretty tame joke. And, and Will Smith laughed at it too. Like he, he saw like when, the, when they, sh- they panned the camera or mm-hmm. they changed the, the direction of the camera to the Smiths. Will Smith was uh, laughing at the joke initially or, you know, placating laughing at the joke. Like, because I also read other things like, oh, um, uh, what's her name? Jada?
0: Jada. Jada, Pink Jada Smith.
1: doesn't need protecting. Jada didn't need, like, his his man to step in and stuff like that. Like, I agree with that too. Like, Will Smith is wrong in so many ways that, like, A, he would think to assault a man on live television and, like, nas- like global international television. And secondly, he, like... That he thinks it's his job, his his role to defend her woman, his woman, like that, which is such an outdated like kind of thought as well.
0: There's been a lot of focus on equality, Black Lives Matter in all facets of society, including in entertainment. In basketball, we got things like "shut up and dribble." but at the Oscars in the movie industry, there's been talk about representation of black actors, black uh, ethnicity of women at the Oscars. For him to, to basically play into every stereotype we have about, about black people, it's so damning and so damaging that that's why I say that he's mentally not like well right now. And that's why I am very disappointed at Will Smith for, for doing this. And I want to at the same time uh, compliment Chris Rock for being a professional, going on with the show, and importantly, not filing charges, refusing to file charges. Because Chris Rock could have played this up. He could have played it up a lot. He could have said, stop the show, stop the show. I just got assaulted. He could have destroyed the show, but he didn't. Mm-mm. And, he's, and yeah. he's been professional afterwards as well.
1: Chris Rock has yeah, been an absolute class act. Uh, which you can't say everything about Will Smith, but I don't know. If, like I see what you're saying about race, and I, I guess... I, I, I never really thought about that way in Hollywood, because I don't, I don't, I don't think... Hollywood was such a liberal um, sort of space. Uh, I don't think they perceive people in that way. Like, you're black or you're white, it doesn't have that same class. The way that they create hierarchy within their ranks is more on um, like celebrity status. And Will Smith clearly is one of the upper echelon celebrity statuses out there. He's like, it's like Meryl Streep. If Meryl Streep did something like started to cuss someone out or, uh, you know, started to yell at someone, no one would tell Meryl Streep to leave. She's royalty.
0: You're saying Will Smith is like a Tiger Woods. They're, they're elevated... They're in the the polite club of society. So their color transcends, um, their race transcends, sorry, their talent or their celebrity transcends their race. But that doesn't help out the average black person, the average ethnic person. For young and upcoming black actors who aren't Will Smith, they need Will Smith like they need a Denzel to be breaking barriers, not to be creating barriers for them.
1: Like, we'll see what happens. We really can't comment on it. Because Will Smith has been getting so, like, Will Smith has never had a problem getting a job in Hollywood. It's not about Will Smith. Like, Will Smith is a celebrity. He's a star. He's A-lister. What I'm saying, well, like, my point is, like, you could could extend this to other races. So, like, you don't get many Asian representation. You talk about A-list actors. There are a lot, there's obviously the most white actors. There's a subsection of black actors that have been getting a lot of roles. And then there's a very, very small amount of Asian actors that none of no Asian actors in A-lister basically because no no Asian A-lister has had the chance in Hollywood to get the get the shot basically. Um, so we're talking about representation diversity. We need to think about every race, not just it's not it's not a binary you know it's not a binary spectrum right? It's it's a huge spectrum with all these different races. So um, just 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 like just like saying like oh Will Smith might have cost. A young younger act, black actor, they're shot out doing this. There's enough built-in legacy of black actors from Denzel, from I don't know Jamie Foxx, from The Rock. I don't know, whatever. I, I don't think The Rock is black, but you know other black-coloured actors that <laughs> Michael Michael Jordan. Let's call it Michael P. Jordan. Um, that you know ha- they they're going to get the shots. They're going to they're still going to continue. I just don't think. I feel like in my mind that Bill Smith ha- is not going to do anything for opportunity and diversity it's more just that this moment this like this freeze frame of a moment is like a gif we're just going to remember this craziness in a vacuum who knows i i you're you're you're, i think you're making a bigger deal out of it that's all i'm saying i i I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal
0: making a bigger deal out of it because this was supposed to be a very important moment for the black community in terms of their win. And when I say black community, I also uh, include other races in that community because I'm also realistic in the sense that before we have Asian representation and Indian representation and and, uh, Islamic Arab representation, we'll probably need to start with black, right? That's the largest and most visible ethnic group, minority group in in America, progressing black causes also progresses, I feel, the causes of other ethnic ethnicities as well, because we got to get society to be comfortable with um, visible minorities to begin with. So let's take that, you know, black would be probably the first step. So I think you're right that the hoopla and the drama will pass, but I really do feel that this has set back this has been a stain in making Hollywood way laughing.
1: way laughing I think, I think it's a I think it's a crazy take. Uh, I, I've never it was just a slap. like it was egregious in the timing but I, I feel like you're making too much of it. It's not about the, the physical calling it a stain on like the black community is pretty harsh. I feel like you're
0: underplaying the amount of like how racist and how white and conservative Hollywood is.
1: I feel like you're conflating. I think I am, but I'm giving the I'm giving more of a naive. I'm a bit more naive in that sense, but I, I just I I don't think I just feel like this wasn't a play. Like this is other people reading into it, but I think initially it was a play of elitism as opposed to a play on look at what you know what more. Black, if, if we give more air time to black people, look what they do. I, I don't see it that way. I see it as just like, this is what elite people think they can do. And it's true, like they can get away with it. They can do the most egregious things, like step on stage and... I think you're conflating Tom Hanks and A-list
0: celebrities are not racist. And you know you feel that rich people are somehow liberal. What I'm saying is that Hollywood is extremely conservative in fact, and I'm not talking about the necessarily the actors are conservative. I'm talking about the whole Hollywood machine. The master machine that Kyrie's been talking about. The casting directors, the writers, the script people. Yes, I'm seeing more black representation. I think there's a Spider-Man movie with a black character. But I think that's just the first step and we're a long ways off. Because what I see right now is Let's take our well-known stories that used to be like, I don't know, filled with white people and just like replace those characters with
1: black people. So now spider mans black, Harry Potter's black. It's like, no, those are white people. Well, Harry Potter was never, well, they were never mentioned like at the, I think race was never mentioned in Harry Potter.
0: So don't play with semantics. Like why don't we fucking make them Asian disabled lesbians then? What I'm saying is those characters are mm. white. Those stories were written as white characters. That's fine, that's fine. Let's not try to just like place them with black people and then it's all it's all good. I'm saying let's create original stories with original black characters. I don't want black Spider-Man. I don't want black Spider-Man. Peter Parker is a white dude. Mm. Mm. But let's create something not Spider-Man, something else, a new character, a mm. new superhero that is black to begin with, okay? Or Asian mm. to begin with.
1: You know. And let's create, and let's make those characters really great so that- I think they've started doing that. Like Marvel, like when they cast their characters, are actually of the race of where they're from sort of thing.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Look, I, I was just a little bit frustrated, okay? I was a little bit frustrated mm. over this experience because the stereotype is that black people are loud and obnoxious in theaters. It's not true. They're also extremely violent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Dear listeners, it's been a very emotional week for both Kane and I for different reasons.
1: I'm not as hot on this topic as you are. <laughs> I, I want to talk about uh, why uh, Terese Halliburton is uh, good on the paces. I give it to you. The listeners tune in this show for basketball and
0: your hot takes on China. They don't want to actually deal with the real issues that's in our society, but that's why I'm here. I'm,
1: I'll help well, you. What up. do you mean? They are, they are, real. They are they're the most real issues. Race isn't a real issue.
0: I, I know you're kidding, but that's it for this week, listeners. Please tune in uh, next week again for more learnings from your heroes, your minority heroes, your NBA podcast. See ya. See ya. We might have to replace Larry O'Brien with some black person. want the beat, boys. For listening to Your NBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your NBA Podcast.